is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Series 6, episode 28. And in this media caper, we're only as good as our sources. There's impeccable sources. There's high-placed sources. There's whistleblowing sources. There's insider sources. There's club contact sources. And we, myself and Craig Cutchison on this show, like to have a bit of a light-hearted look at journalists referring to particular sources. And Hutchie, as I say, hello, welcome to you today. As of earlier today, there's a new clubhouse leader source. It's Influential Direct. Hello. Influ- welcome. Uh, you're obsessed by this topic. I am. The, at this some point is you the gotta, new clubhouse leader. You've got to move on. Influential Direct. That, that now trumps yep. impeccable, high-placed, whistleblowing, insider and club contact. And that was issued and offered to the public by Tom Brown, Tom Brown. Oh, he said influential direct. Influential sources. direct. Okay. Yep. You reckon that's uh, that, that's the leader. That's the, and that, I think you I think you agree with me. Influential direct. I'll yeah. read the full I'll read the full tweet. Yep. Influential direct blues sources have assured me there was no meeting last night. It oh, goes on in yep. a better story. But influential direct we've got. How do you how do you assess the week in journalism, by the way, as we get into this? Uh, most of it's pretty good, isn't it? Have I have I missed something? We've good? seen but, some. We've seen some great acts of not great acts, I shouldn't say. It. We've seen some great examples of journalism. Yeah, the age breaking the Taylor Walker, Taylor Walker. story yep. last week, and then staring down the criticism of it for twenty four hours. There was plenty. We saw the Alistair was Clarkson. it was it criticism oh, of that? Oh story? yeah, no, there was criticism that he was named in the first twenty four hours. Okay, I didn't Particularly catch Particularly in, in the South Australian aspect. media. Oh, well, yeah, I a know of, one. A lot of people put their heads up and would regret that. Well, Stephen Rowe does that every single time. There's a negative story about the club he once played for, so that's what he so does. So we've seen some some tremendous journalism. We've seen some journalism that perhaps was on the not not the same level. Which are you referring to here? Josh Caddy seen leaving Nadia Bartel's oh. house on a Sunday morning. Oh, gee. When did that become in the public interest and the insinuation that comes from oh, that? Oh, this, this is a new level, isn't it, this one? Or a new depth? Alex Pike shows off her abs <laughs> did in she? active wear. Did she? Like, at what point? Alex Pike, uh, remind me, that's Nathan Buckley's yep. partner? Yep. Showed off her abs, did she? I reckon that click. I didn't see that. Clickbait. That was the headline. <laughs> here it is here. Alex, Nathan Buckley's girlfriend, Alex Pike, oh, shows no. off abs in active wear. Where's, I've got to see this with my own eyes, actually. So what, what page is this on? So how did the gap between really oh, well, well-told investigative great journalism breaking stories? So which publication was that in? I didn't even look. Daily Mail. Well, that's not a surprise, is it? But the other one you referenced, Archie, I refused to give it a click. I was around people who didn't refuse to give it a click, the, the Nadia Bartel story. Yep. That How's that appearing in News Limited publications, or certainly here in Melbourne anyway? Well, I would assume that the Verity score on Nadia is high. The Verity score is the tracking device that is used, I suspect, more broadly than just news, by the way, but it's used, it certainly news at news. And people are seemingly clicking on and interested in any content relating to Nadia. So that the ability to distort that headline and to drive Verity would have been part of the thinking. But someone's got to sign off on it. So someone can report it and check it out if they wanted to do that. We've got two. It's Tony Sheen. Who's the person whose name's on that story? But but I don't. I'm like you, actually. Of what interest and why are the two questions I'd like to 
Well, suppose. Sa- sadly, people would have clicked on it because the, the, that would have been not a subjective decision. It would have been a data-led decision that said people are historically reading on stories like this. So if we want to actually go through the wads yeah. of blame. And you're on that list. You, you, you click. You're on the Verity School list. I think I must have fallen right down it because I've had a, a, a better run recently. <laughs> but it's clear that it's ever since you've been if you thawing, wanna, actually, if you the, thaw, the thawing's changed that. If you want to assess, boring. Who's at fault for that? We all are the public. No, no, don't don't say all we, of us. No, the public as everyone, a, all as, of you, as a whole, all of you, all of you. People, <clears> people who are clicking on these things are driving very score interesting subjects. That means editors are making data led decisions on what people will read, and what what editors have been able to do is turn it into a popularity contest. We've talked about it in the past. Once upon a time, popularity but, of a story was not a not a means to run it or otherwise. So I think we're seeing a big gap between the best and worst of journalism. The best of journalism is a breaking news story that no one knew about. That's yeah. me- It's a big story. It has consequence and impact. Uh, it might be a, a sad one like Taylor Walker, but it's still a good act of journalism to, yes, to, to absolutely. source that story. And then we're seeing this other end of the market, which is hard to... Hard to compute. Hmm. Interestingly enough, that that story though, these days is is appearing on the Herald Sun part of News Limited on Sundays only. I'm reading something into that. What do you mean? I'm reading into it that it's not those articles aren't initially appearing on a Monday to Saturday operation. Hopefully. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a different editorial piece. I would think it's just that people on Sundays are more got more time in their hands to read that sort of stuff. Mm. Do you think? I'm reading something into it. Now, oh, yeah. I may be inaccurately reading something yep. into it, Hutchie, but I am because it's happened now for three or four weeks and there's a lot of different content that bobs up on the Sunday, historically, e- even had, by their standards. Historically, they had separate – I mean, all papers had separate editorial teams on Sundays to Monday. So that's why the government drop a lot of things on Sundays because they know that they get it often – the old government trick – State governments in particular, yep. was to f- leak the story. Eleven o'clock Sunday mornings a good time traditionally. Press conferences, yeah, yeah. Leak the story on a Saturday to the paper. Yep. Have the paper put it on the front. Yep. It's half the trade off. Yep. And then you the and follow, then the present yourself for all the opportunities. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Eleven o'clock on a Sunday, and it gets momentum through the Sunday night news, which is a big drawer. And I've told you this a few times. Actually. When Jeff Kennett was a premier, often the Sunday morning you'd, you'd go around to his house if you had the Sunday shift, and obviously, to your point, it would have been some in some other media the night before that morning, and you know it was all very friendly. And you'd have, a, co- you'd have a coffee with Jeff in his in his backyard or his water on his lawn sometimes. Would and, he feed the chooks on Sunday morning? Oh yeah. Would yeah. he? Yep. Yeah. And the treasurer used to. I'm trying to think of right? the treasurer's name. It is a it, and it's Stockdale. The other thing it does. Remember, remember Stockdale? He, he did the same thing. Yes. Yeah. The Polonex. <laughs> it gives people a chance to soften themselves on a Sunday because they don't have to wear the suit to the presser. Yes. This was long before Dan turned North Face into a repositioning. I haven't seen North Face since he's come back, have you? I might have missed it, but I haven't he didn't certainly didn't wear it last I Sunday. I suspect he's looking to evolve into a new era I heard of that North Face didn't like that. Oh, did you? Yes. That that's on pretty good authority. Really? That's from a good source. They push back on it. That's from a what is it? Influential An influential direct source <laughs> connected to North Face. Yeah. Told me <laughs> impeccable source. Yeah. Told me that they did not like Dan Andrews wearing North Face. Now, it might be wrong, Hutchie, but yep. that's the that's what was the influential direct source. Yep. Speaking of clickbait, last one to finish with. Did you see the story today? They want to go on a, a platform. Dean Boxall broke, <laughs> breaks his silence. <laughs> what, what, in, in, the, in, in this five-minute gap? Yeah, today he broke his silence, the, the, the famous uh, dancer of, of Arnie Titmus Breaks his silence to talk about the emotion. <laughs> now, breaks his silence? He... <laughs> I, I don't 
I think he broke it before Ariana Titmus got out of the pool. <laughs> I don't know if anyone has done more interviews in two weeks. <laughs> like, he's done more interviews than he's done coaching for the last two weeks. I know more about Dean Boxer like than the, I do after swimmers. <laughs> he's been like the Truman Show. When you had five minutes off him, you go, oh, he hasn't spoken so, for 20 so minutes for now. Who said he's breaking the silence? Well, it was printed today. It's in the Herald Sun. It was printed as a story today that he broke his silence. It's on the Herald Sun. Now, can, I, can I say this? Box will break silence on Titmus triumphs. As a self-admitted. Oh, come on. As a self-admitted. Where have they been? A user of the break the silence language. <laughs> yeah. you, was, now, you have used that. I was, a, I was a guilty party of this <laughs> as a journalist. I reckon every second story you had there and, for a period of time was breaks his silence. And B, yep. using a little license from time to time on the break your silence routine. <laughs> I don't think I have ever seen a more <laughs> lax use of breaksy silence in my in my time. So in my time retired. in journalism, <laughs> if you had said, you know, he broke his continual run of interviews, <laughs> I'd have said, yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. Breaksy silence. He was did he, he did more breakfast right? He was just literally thrown to the next song and throwing a breaks at one stage here in week one. <laughs> Everyone got a bite of him. Everyone got a bite of him. If you're an Australian media outlet that didn't get him speaking in the last two weeks, you're sitting in a meeting today going, where do we go wrong? And you read Breaksy Silence. I think we know what that celebration was all about. See, we jumped around here. I don't know what we're doing at the moment, but we, while we're talking about sources... Am I misreading that? No, no, you're not. This guy was everywhere. He was everywhere at our platforms. I reckon I saw him on every television network. He had all the breakfast shows. He was very good too. He's very good at the caper. Great, great he's as good a media a, talent. There was a documentary that followed him. How can he be breaking his silence when he's the subject of a mini doggo? <laughs> it's like that phrase is, um, has spoken for the first time spoken since. Spoken for the first time. You need to put in there as a journo, spoken for the first time publicly yes. since. Because yep. people speak all the time. People speak all the time. It's just not about the topic that Correct. said media or, outlet is. Or they've lifted the lid lifted on preparations. <laughs> It's another over, overused lift, one. Lift the lid. <laughs> I think we need to bury Broken His Silence after that Dean Boxall example. Yeah, I can... That needs to be buried as a phrase. The inference in it is there's a vow of silence and then, oh, like a journalist has rung them and said, now I know you've gone silent, but could you break it for us to speak for the first time about your love of coaching? Yeah, I, I yeah, breaks his silence. Um, yeah. Just on, on sources, because if, if I don't raise it, does, it now, it'd have it no relevance. Draw, it does draw the reader in, though, the breaks his silence, doesn't it? Not if it's Dean Boxall talking well, about something he's talked about 4,322 times I, in the past 10 days. I saw no. it. I saw it and watched it to you immediately. And then I noticed I wasn't the only one. They came shortly soon after. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you were onto it early. You, you alerted us on the uh, on the group WhatsApp. Um, Neil Mitchell Hutchie, the, one of the greatest journalists of our times, he's now he actually, he, here's the direct quote today. I just got a tip from a, quote, reasonable source. So he's only going with a reasonable source on this one. And this is the continuation of the quote. I just got a tip from a reasonable source. So it's a red-hot tip unconfirmed that the coach of Carlton Teague has been told, was told yesterday, in fact, that his tenure will finish at the end of the year. Now, when Neil Mitchell goes with something, people do listen and follow up, which is all very natural, but it's created a circus, circus yeah. hutchie. So, so it's only a reasonable source, just to continue our fascination with use of source in a public <laughs> forum. This happens a little bit, little bit in, in media. I'm just leaving Neil aside for a second. When journalists turn into hosts slash opinionists, they don't apply the same rigour to their journalistic standards. Neil does as a rule. I would say Neil does as a rule. He wouldn't have written that in the paper, though. No. When, in his days at the Herald, he would never have written no. that. He would have. Put, he was a great journalist and he would have applied yeah. much more rigour to it. So I wonder whether that 
sometimes the host opinion has fallen to a casual observation. Oh, I've heard this, I'm not sure if it's true. And whereas if they were still a journalist, they would apply mm. much deeper rigour to it. Don't you think? Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. But still, um, and again, when, as I expect, as I think now most people do expect, David Teague and Carlton do part in two weeks' time, he might be referring to what he just said today and say, oh, I, I told you, I told you. But Carlton has denied that he was told yesterday. So, again, Hutchie, we've all seen – I don't believe anything I hear publicly anymore anyway. And, and Alistair Clarkson and Hawthorne proved there's no need to take every single person at face yep. value every single time. You know what it did, though? It gave everyone an, a way into the Teague story on Monday. It gave a denial angle. But did it, though? Well, so, Tom, Tom, so, Brown, Tom Brown's tweet said – of influential direct sources say this isn't true and I'll have more at six on why it isn't true. But when did we become an industry that refutes another media outlet's You know, our information? I'm of the same view of this. But and even the Herald Sun had it. So yeah. Carlton's in turmoil because the report by Neil Mitchell isn't yeah. true, but it puts pressure on Teague. There's yeah. no more pressure on Teague from what well, Neil Mitchell it, said. They do. They do. They are self-fulfilling some of these things sometimes. They do add pressure to situations, as we talked about You talked about week. this last week, yeah. yeah. They had pressure situations, and the editor, the editor who has no, well, in this case, the Channel Seven news directors who have no consequence of having to deal with that person the next day, would be. This is how the. This is how my experience. News directors always dealt with me. People will be turning into us tonight to see if it's true or not true, and even if it's not true, you should point that out. And so your story tonight is, you know, yeah. Carlton defends. When you when you went speculation to, when you got into TV though, was that the policy? I got that my whole TV career. Okay, yeah. it, and 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 my my experience of all three networks, seven, nine, and ten, yeah, was there was an overt, overt reference to three AW. Okay, like if it had been on three AW during the day, it was you had to address it that night on the news. Really, if you, if you could, because even on the rumor fault, yeah, especially on the rumor fault, because they get. <laughs> 3AW is a brilliant platform, as you know, and we supplied for the sake of transparency, but it, it does get an enormous share of oxygen on news desks because they that's the platform. That well, it's on, it's on all they day. They leave it on all day. It's on all day. The 7, 9, 10 chiefs of staff have it on all, all day. day. Yeah. Uh, from, from 5.30 when Ross and Russ sit down so and start talking. It, it often is the closest com, uh, companion to their own news list each day. Yeah. What did AW have at 11? What did AW have at 12? Yeah, whereas you're not, you know, the FMs, are not, you're not taking you know, news yeah. policy off the FMs during the day. I ask you that because that was very different. Now, I'm, I'm going back I, to... I, I think I've told you this before. I often used it sometimes as a means to get attention to my story. <laughs> it was being un... I think I told you this story that one day the news director was refusing to, to, to run the yarn I had. Specifically, what was it? So I... I was also working at AW at the time. I said, well, if you don't want to use this, I assume you don't have any issue with me referencing or using it elsewhere. And I stirred AW up on it to the point where it led the midday news. And it ended up leading the Channel 7 News at 6. It was not on the run down at 11, but because I'd been able to create momentum through the radio platform. And then the other thing with the radio is it runs on the hour. So, like, again, it, it gets in the heads of the chief staff. They go, 
AW had it at 12, I had it at 1, I had it at 2. It must be a big deal. And by the time 6 o'clock comes around, Probably the quietest. Peter, Peter Mitchell's standing there saying, you know, our man got the story. <laughs> Probably the quietest news day of all time on that particular day. But I, I can distinctly remember, Hutchie, when I first started. It's the same started, in Sydney. GB's the same effect in Sydney, by the way. And this is 1989, 1990. So we, we're going back a very long way here. But as a copy boy, you know, into becoming a cadet, there, there were famous newspaper people like Simon Townley and, and John Webster who were in the sports sections of those papers. If a story was out there from another outlet, I can recall conversations in a group situation where the policy at the time was, it just doesn't get run. You you, you or whoever's doing the story, go and check it out yourself. And and, and if you're comfortable... Yep, the great subs were like if, that. If you're comfortable putting your name or, or our name as a paper to it, we'll run it. But we're not just going to run it because someone else has. And, and sometimes you'd... You, you, just go for days without reporting another story because you couldn't get it yourself. And half the time the story wasn't right too. So that, that, that's not that long ago in yeah. the way... I'll tell you the day that changed though. Internet.com. Now it is. It doesn't actually matter if it's true or you're refuting something that was otherwise reported. Will it drive well, we've said this. traffic and subscriptions? And there's no accountability for for anyone else today yep. because all they're doing, doing is so, reporting one of the so one, to, one of the, this town's greatest journalists of all time. Back to Nadia Bartel, by the way. That story yesterday, hmm. right now, news could tell you how many subscriptions that drove to the end consumer. And I, and I, I wouldn't even be surprised if the external provider is getting you know, paid on subscriptions as well. Like it's, there's actually a direct commercial correlative to that story's journey in 36 hours. Within 20, 20, 36, okay, yep. yeah. And it'll be sitting on a dashboard that others can see. But where's that taking the craft? Well, you can, where's it taking the craft? I'm not entirely critical of it because you can understand it from both well, you're ends. You're in the industry, and I'm not having a we, go we, at you. We're not in the subscription industry, so I'm. I'm you're in the click or the listen industry. Oh, like, we're an ad based model. You, you want ears on it? We're an ad based model, so we're not in that cycle yeah. of commercialisation. I wouldn't rule out being in it in the future, but we're not in it now. Yep. Journalism was dying. It needed to find a different revenue stream. Unfortunately, I think there's some subjects of the victims of the new revenue era that are, are people that drive interest. And then you, you can, I could argue against it strongly. I can equally understand the counter view a little bit, yeah. which is, well, it's a modern, this is the modern commercial journalism world. There's a few layers to this too. The people are deciding what they read and don't read, and it's no different to television. Like you can understand the counter view to that, can't you? Like, yeah. We, we, we put um, Big Brother on and we don't sit in judgment of whether it's tacky or great. We just let people decide. Journalism's doing, in essence, the same thing with a story about... Or you, or you don't watch it. Yes, but if people weren't reading these stories, they wouldn't be getting past... The, okay, let's... Like the, the, the blame sits with the public. Let's, it go, does. let's go down if a you, layer. If, you're, if you don't like the type of stuff you're reading, do not read it or on scale. I, well, I, f- I refuse to click it. There you go. That's the that's one thing you can do. It's like yeah. being vaccinated. You can you can handle your own area of things and you can't control everybody else. Can we go down a layer of it? It's it's a person who is now subjected, and this, ha- this has been going on since year one of media, by the way, being subjected to scrutiny, what, put another word in there if you want, of her private life, who, who she sees, who she chooses to allow into her house. Yeah, I thought it was an, an entirely unreasonable story. Is, is there a security issue with this too, Hutchie? Is there? I don't know. Is it? it I, there's very uncomfortable aspects of this story. Yeah, I, who who people are friends with, I don't think is is in the public interest. But each, you know. And as for the abs on what what's Alex Pike? Yeah, I mean, seriously. Nathan Buckley's girlfriend, Alex Pike, shows off abs in active wear. Went for a walk. <laughs> That's where we're at. 
mind you, the other one that we referred to, and this this was also Daily Mail, when, when Jimmy Bartell, speaking of the Bartels, happened to walk past, past the, the house, house he once lived, yep. and, they, and they dared try to take us into his brain, into his mind, and where it said he may have been thinking about the former life he once lived in that house. Can we switch gear for a moment? Well, I think we need to. <laughs> coaching. Yep. Not specifically coaching, but the media's role in coaching. Yep. So in a perfect world... A coach and the way they are perceived by the media should have absolutely zero to do with their job and the way that they yeah. are viewed or otherwise by their <laughs> boards. Yep. Right? It's it's a factor, but not the factor, right? It's how to handle the media or how you're seen by the public is, you know, it's, it's clearly an issue, but it's not the whole shooting match. If you're 17 and 5 and you're not, if you're publicity shy, well, it's, you know, well and good. In, in coaching, mm. why is it that the media frame the perception of the candidate or candidates so vividly, rightly or wrongly, like they do? Okay, I, I think I know why you're raising this. I, let me throw up why I think you may be raising it. Is it is it that Justin Lepich right now has become the greatest coach since Norm Smith by not being a coach because of what he's doing and saying on media? I think Justin made a really smart decision to do media with us because it reminded everyone of how um, intelligent he was and what a good judge of football he was. But he wasn't a good coach. No, that's your that's your opinion. Well, his club sacked him after three seasons. Damo, that's your opinion, right? It's yep. a, that's a subjective thing. What, but but so, so is observing someone in the media. Yeah, but what, what I and think... And he's been very good in the media. Well, that's my point. I he, think he's been very good. I think he's done an outstanding... He was, yeah. he wasn't doesn't reason, make him a better coach. He wasn't the reason to raise this, but since you've raised him, I'll, I'll address it. He's done a great job of... Presenting who he is, mm. and you actually he gets get, it. You get the under. Yeah, plus he's been, he's given you some tactical, strategic knowledge that you wouldn't have otherwise had. Yes, that has reminded clubs, be it assistant, senior, or otherwise, that, that he's got a lot to bring to the table. Right. But do you really think any club out there is listening to him? I, I agree with you. I'll, in the public, is I'll guarantee you they are. I've, I've seen that, that. I'll guarantee you they are. It's been great for his brand. They weren't knocking his door down last year when he was available, Hutchie. That's my whole point. It's been great for his brand. He he will he will have more options available to him in the future because he's chosen to do media. Here's two other examples: Brad Scott at North Melbourne ended uh, not not in the manner he would have liked. The last two weeks weren't how he would have liked to have gone. And Don Pike at Adelaide was basically mm. run out of town. Near the two favourites at Collingwood, two, yeah. And and I believe they are the two favourites. Yep. At Collingwood, as as much as anyone believes that to be the case too, Hutchie. But the the media and the way that they pushed Don Pike early in the year as being one of the reasons for Swans, Swans. Yeah, it became a media narrative from round four. What's the difference? Oh, Don Pike's gone in. He must be the ball movement guy. All of a sudden, Swans and Don Pike and second chance, and he's, he's doing easy going interviews. Oh, I haven't really thought about my future. And all of a sudden, he's got my media media momentum. Yeah. Brad Scott, if you take a job on, in his, Brad, Brad's really smart. Yep. If you take a job on in a in a suit. You're automatically perceived differently. Yeah, and the media are pushing him as yeah. how did Collingwood get him? You know? And and now now he coached for ten years with a really bad list, as opposed to coaching for ten years without great success. That yep. narrative's changed too. Yep. Let me use some other examples. If you're out of sight, out of mind, you need to work the phones and have good media relationships in Melbourne, in mm. my opinion. Yep. Rodney Ebb was the best example that I ever saw. He kept the network of media people endlessly. Yeah. And he was forever being talked up in Melbourne by the media, <laughs> or for years. <laughs> Wasn't he? Yeah. You couldn't even you couldn't deny that. He'd be on the phone. No, you couldn't. <laughs> no. Others who have low profiles in the state suffer yep. from it. 
So what you what you're referring to there is an interesting observation it, because it shouldn't matter, should it? Because people say, and and people when people in the in the public who've got positions of profile, other media, even the media itself, will say that the media creates the pressure that, that is on a coach. And as we know, whenever a coach is going into a season in which he is out of contract, if that scoreline initially at the start of the year becomes two wins, six losses, that coach is done. That, that's just a state. But, you know, the reason they're done, it's not the media. It's because the club itself panics before the media. The club itself panics. Well, I would argue they sometimes panic because of the media. It's very reactive. Like, what did um, Dennis Pagan used to say? Directors are really supporters with influence. They consume a lot of media. Directors of clubs. They say they don't. Oh, they don't do. They? they consume. No, no, I know they do. An yeah. enormous amount, and they do get caught in the last thing they heard. I mean, Hawthorne got caught. The, the Hawthorne Footy Club under under a former premier of this state got caught up in this whole narrative. They went. They went eighteen months early. Spooked, jumped. Yeah, and didn't run a process. Now. I want to go back over Hawthorne. If they had run a pro- ran a process, it actually would have been good for Sam Mitchell to have experienced a process, to have undergone the challenge of mm. that process, to have been tested against other coaches, to have understood where they had areas that he wasn't and vice versa. They have not set him up for success by not running a process. Yes. And they didn't run a process because they were worried about the media speculation of Collingwood, yeah. which may or may not have even been true, by the way. He hadn't even got to the interview table. Let me give you another example on the weekend. Stuart Jew, they have a win. But when the sons walk in after the game, he's there hugging players, high-fiving, great for the optics. All of a sudden, you see this commentary he, in the last 48 hours. He hasn't lost the players. He hasn't lost the players. <laughs> I, look, because I, I, I loathe that comment when someone has a bad game and then it becomes so-and-so's lost the players. That happened two weeks ago. And then the very next week, same team, same players, won a game of footy. So you, you yep. want them back? Well, it's never as bad as it seems as good as it seems, as Ross Lyon says. You tell me a coach. Sometimes it is. A coach coaches a, a win, right? The players walk in. The coach is the first thing they see, and they have to go past him to get to the circle. And they know the cameras are on and these days. And the ha- well, coaches know the cameras are on. I think oh, that's my point on Stuart Chew. It was clever what he did on the weekend. <laughs> he had a week of heat from his own CEO down, and he put himself in the walking firing line of the players. <laughs> he knew where the side camera was in the corner of the room. It was going to catch all the pictures. And the players have got doesn't, – doesn't matter if – even if they detested him, they're still hugging him at that point and celebrating the win and well done. And and the pictures that are going out on the commentary are, you see, I told you he still had the players and he'll be he'll definitely be coached next year. Like <laughs> Those it's it's unreasonable how we judge things so reactively. Yeah. Now, ultimately, wins and losses get you in the end. But the media relationship you have, call it, does buy you extra time or extra kudos along the way. Yes, it does. It does. But what I will say, Hutchie, is is the clubs themselves panic before the media often gets onto the panic. I agree, but the panic is often caused by... By the, by the presumption the media's about to come. Or by the coverage. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's move it along again, and let's just do this quickly because it may not work. Um, so last, last point on that. If you're an assistant coach and you want a senior job, you've got to get your profile up. The coaches in my younger days who got jobs with low profiles who turned them into meaning like the Damien Drums and the Jeff Geishans and But you think you, you delusionally think you got some people not, some jobs. No, I don't. Yes, you do. You thought you got Alistair Clarkson a job, Hutchie. But you thought you got Alistair Clarkson the Hawthorne job. Do look at me in look me in the eye and say, is that the case? No, that's not the case. Did you think you did though at the time? No. Yes, you did. I do I do recall at that time, <laughs> as you know. You felt you got him the job. Them being out of assistance to interview. They were. 
And, hey, you, and you threw his name up. Mark Harvey didn't return their calls because he didn't think it was a meaningful chance. And he was probably it was his to lose. Like there was a weird time where they couldn't they couldn't get So did you suggest to Alistair Clarkson to apply? Is that what you're saying? No, I reckon there were plenty of people who when asked suggested plenty of names to that <laughs> Hawthorne board at the time. <laughs> um Tell me, what was, again, just as a real quick one here, what was the one moment for you out of the Olympics that you're always going to remember? I'm a bit biased to basketball because yeah. we're invested in the sport. And, it's hard not to take that as the moment, isn't it? And, and, and specifically Paddy Mills, isn't it? And Paddy Mills was heroic. It was magnificent. It had everything. He's become... It become the leader of Australia's lacked in the last two years, isn't he? He's been, two weeks of tournament yeah. play, wasn't it? And then, and then uh, when the when the absolute moment was there, he then shoots forty two in the in the bronze medal yeah, playoff. Put the put the team on his back, but the whole you know losing Baines on the way through and Ben yeah. not playing and still achieving the bronze. So I know there'll be other sports that achieve better and won gold. That's just the one that emotionally yeah. connected to me. I'm still torn, and and I, I love you, Peter Bowl. I love the Peter Bowl. Yeah, I'm, I'm a track and field person more than a, a pool person, but I'm still torn between Chalmers, who came second, yep. and Ariana Titmus in the first race, the 400, the one that I think yep. set the theme for the entire two weeks, and the 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 way she challenged Ledecky. And I know I'm going back over, you know, something that's now two and a half weeks old, Hutchie, but that 250 to 400 of that event. That distance. Was magnificent. Just the way she backed herself to take on the all-time great and get past her, I think it just gave the whole the whole team a belief because that was day two, no wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. we all become instant experts, but I don't. Oh no, just obs- observing. I don't, I don't trends. disagree with the narrative I around the, the momentum of swimming gives the other teams. Yeah. By the way, um, just news just in: there's a couple of journalists vying for the exclusive with Boxall, so he may break his silence <laughs> later in the week, okay. which would be good. Um, yeah. Also, can I just give you what's the over and under on this, right? Three between now and the next Olympics, which is only three years away. The over and under on how many journalists write this story again? <laughs> Chalmers won't rule out a move to the AFL at some stage <laughs> in the future. Well, you and I looked into that story ourselves, like every other media person. Has anyone, <laughs> every, how many times can that be written? <laughs> Again and again and again and again and again and again. Like the person writing it thinks they're writing it for the first time. Was it you who tipped me off to it initially and then we worked on it in the footy show and nearly went with it one? We did. One, yeah, but we didn't yeah. go with it. I didn't go with it in the end because no, it just, it just wasn't going to happen. You got too conservative. Well, it wasn't going to happen, wanted, Hutchie. I should give it a run. Yeah. I would look stupid. He's open-minded to the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we spent a couple of days on that, didn't we? He, uh, I'm glad I didn't go with that in the end. I read it again two days ago. Oh, you did it. It's not me. No, I did. What, he's going to play footy now, is he? He went with two clubs last year. How many times is that going to get it written? I reckon I've said it since you refused to write it because you're too conservative. Well, what, I reckon I've seen it written 50 times. I made the right call not to because it wasn't happening in the time frame that was going to be relevant to anyone. Let me find it. Olympic star, here we are. Fox footy, Ben Cotton, Fox Sports. Australian swimming star, Ben uh, Kyle Chalmers, has confirmed he met with two clubs regarding a code switch. Um, yeah, the two clubs probably being the two in Adelaide. We know he spoke, has spoken Oh, regularly. there you go. He's quoting our... Oh, that's a bit embarrassing. He's quoting our radio program. He was asked about it on Sports Day, it turns out. And he confirmed too. But that was written as the, as the yarn. And if you go down that story, Hutchie, there's an exclusive quote from Dean Boxall saying that he thinks yep. he should stay in the pool, I think. And then there's a story a month before the Games that he may one day look at AFL. The door will never be closed from, the, from uh, Mitch Keating on the 4th of June. All right. There we go. So that'll be written over and over and over again. Because one thing that footy people love is take a popular event and put a footy angle on it. <laughs> yeah. 
How do we get a footy angle on this? Well, you you um you still to this day maintain. Actually, there's Dean Boxall on TV. Actually, uh, you still maintain, don't you, uh, that uh, the Carmichael Hunt and Izzy Folau recruits were, were great for the game. I do. Yeah, of course you do. I think they the single biggest cash drain decisions made by you've made your organisation. Point on that, and I uh, disagree with it. Theming matches, Hudgy. Um, I love it. I love it when it gets out that there's been a, a theme to a game that's resulted in success. And the most recent one was um, the GWS team beating the mighty Geelong on Friday night of the the round of AFL just gone uh, for the at least the seventy fifth time an AFL club has used the miracle on ice. Game as as that theme. Oh, really? I say seventy fifth time. It, it's the nineteen eighty, and back then the, those Winter Olympics were in the same year as the Summer Olympics. But it was when the American uh, USA team beat Russia in the ice hockey. The famous Al Michaels still. Do you believe in miracles? Broadcast game. That's right. Yeah, that's been made movies of, and and that theme has been used many times. Um, Leon Cameron used it again last week. I want to ra- raise it with you. You can only do that so many times, can't you? And and you probably can't do it again if you theme a game around whatever it is you want to focus on and make a, a real point of, of winning a game of footy if you lose the game of footy. You, you can only ask your own athletes, can't you, to, to invest that faith in that type of build-up to a game if you're successful in the past. Well, I think it's much about the distraction during the week and a bit of fun and a bit of fresh thinking. and It's, it's much about, you know, particularly in a, in a, in a bubble or a hub, it's yeah. much about... You know, something to watch on TV during the week, and you know, it wouldn't be. But if you do all that, and you and you commit to the, you know, to each other and the cause, and let's knock off the giant, and you come out of it with a ten goal loss, it, you're going to be reluctant to yeah, theme just, it again, aren't you? Yeah, I don't remember that theme. That theme didn't work. It's like when I'm North Melbourne um, in '96 they got the premiership, the cups from the '70s, and they put them into the middle of the MCG on a you know cold winter's night, and they got some club greats there, and they, and that story comes out after they win that year's premiership in '96. You know, but what about that that July night when we got Malcolm Blight and Ron Barassi down there, and they talked about the '70s success. They did it again in '99. They signed a cap or something and put it in the yeah, middle. Yeah, three hat in the ring. But what happened in '98 when they lost? Yeah. You know, and, and 2000 when they lost. And '97 when they were trying to go back to back. You don't hear those stories. They do never you? come out. Yeah. No, Luke Beveridge is salty dog. You know they never salty come, dog. Yeah. They never come out when they don't work. You wouldn't have heard salty dog if they lost. Yeah. Hey, by the way, ABC Sport yesterday reported something interesting. Did it? Yeah. New Zealand has reportedly emerged as a genuine oh, contender to host the NRL. Now, I, I wanted to get to this. As I live in Because Bruce. you broke this story on this show this time last week. I didn't break it. Yes, I, you did. I offered an opinion. I said... But I said to you, you, you are offering an opinion here knowing it's on. I said, why wouldn't you think about Auckland, given that you could freely and knowingly sell tickets from tomorrow and sell it out with confidence? Because revenue is becoming a factor. It's becoming a big factor. First year last year, okay, it's a storm this year. We're going to get through and write the checks. Yep. Year two, the checks are getting more uncomfortable to write. How do we make money? Just on that, is is there going to be a greater cash loss out of this year than there was last year? I'm not privy to any of the businesses other than I think their TV deals are all in great nick and I would doubt it and they've all rescaled their businesses. So I would say no, but at a guess. But But, but there's still going to be a loss, a significant loss for, for all the major codes? I don't know the the, okay. the economics other than I, I can't imagine it's as bad as – nothing could be as bad as last year. Right. But I do think if you've got opportunities to sell you – know, let's run the two examples. Auckland, how many – do we know how many Auckland holds? No. Mount Smart, is it 35,000, 40,000? Let's go with 40. Jane might let's go with Google 35. that while we're chatting. <laughs> I assume that's the only venue you can play in, in Auckland. I don't know it well enough. And Perth, 60,000. You can reasonably go to market and sell those tickets – Forty-five in 
40, New Zealand. Yep. Well, that might be as good an option as they can find. You'd think New Zealanders or Auckland residents yep. might pay a little bit more to go because it's not going to be back again. It's got a bit more of a Super Bowl effect. Would they go to watch Storm Penrith, for example? 100% they would. One, at, at good money, though, ticket? I, I yeah, don't know. The, the NRL market's strong in New Zealand. Yeah. It's not all black strong, but it's strong. In Perth, that 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 looks like anything is a one-off grand final because it's once in a lifetime. So you, you can't ignore those scenarios ongoing. I think the NRL did a good job in Townsville, right? Short notice, went to Townsville, sold it out, got a check from the government. Don't forget, there's a government check. No chance they get in and out of New Zealand. The, the, the government getting them a path in and out will be the least of the things they can do. The check to be there will be the other thing for tourism. I've heard today, Hutchie, that, that there may have been a bit of pushback, though, from the actual government, federal government of New Zealand. Jacinda Ardern may have said, Oh, you're in the loop, no. eh? From a high-end source. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. In all seriousness, from your big brother. In all seriousness, I, I, on the way in, I did get told that that that. But that could be a political play too, couldn't it? That yeah. that actually could be. That that may not mean that she doesn't want it. It just might you, mean you can't fly a kite like that. You've just been you spent forty minutes critical of people that do well, that. Jane, Jane can just I? Done it yourself. Can I? Do you think I have you just permission did. to put the source in here or not? You heard the conversation, and Jane's nodded. Sam Thompson, the boss of your radio stations. Oh, now you, now and blaming, Jane nodded that I could raise the source. Now you're blaming Sam. No, I think she said she heard it on... <laughs> Hang on a minute. Can we... Jane, Let, can we... Let's run this exercise for a minute. <laughs> you've started the show by being critical of Neil Mitchell for, for flying a kite on a story, and you've ended it by saying, on the way in, unconfirmed heard from Here our head of radio who just well, come well, from Well, as always, Jane's, uh, Sam's right. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern quashes NRL's hopes of staging grand final in New Zealand. It's 100% right. The high-end sources is right on yeah, this but show. but you didn't know that when you went with it. Well, Sam Thompson's it, good enough for me. You took it unnecessary risk. Well, okay, if you're querying my source, you're querying your person in charge of your entire radio operation. So I don't think she told you with the, with the belief it was being transferred. I looked at yeah. Jane. I said, Jane, can I go with this name of the source? And Jane nodded. So if that's going to blow up, it's Jane's fault. Jane. <laughs> like, it's Jane's fault. So I always run risk and reward on these things. Like, what was the reward for you versus what was the I risk? See, you're just not happy that it has to be Sam Thompson. <laughs> I don't think Sam would have told you that in the knowledge that she was being it's broadcast. It's on It's on the papers, Hutchie. It's actually been broadcast. It's, it's worked out okay for you, but at the time you said it, you didn't know that. You took a risk. I did not. You absolutely did. I went did. down the path of these you stupid conversations what we you had. judge everyone else for doing. With sources. I just tried to no. give it some theatre around so, high and impeccable, influential direct. Actually, that was influential direct. Six years and 28 episodes of building credibility. And we got it right again. And you just... We got it, it right all again. all came crashing down with you in one foul swoop. She hasn't actually said it can't happen. She's just saying that they would have to quarantine for two weeks. There, you there go. would be no exemption. It's a political play. Uh, it's a political play. It's a bad error from you. <laughs> it's on the headline of the whatever publication is that? Oh, I've heard. Um, zero was the word that Andrews used last week about an hour before Victoria went into a, a sixth lockdown. What? Yeah, that was an arrogant tweet. I don't care what anyone says. At the time One we're... word under, under his own Twitter handle, Dan Andrews. At the time, it was zero. That's Premier fact. of Victoria. No, no, it was arrogant. It was just like zero. It was almost like, told you, told you. And then one hour later, we're in lockdown again. One hour. A couple of quick questions to finish with. We oh, don't want to talk about that, actually. We're out of time. <laughs> Question of the week for Drinkwise, choosing to drink, choose to drink. I had a couple of quick ones to run past you, right? Yep. First up, if I might, your view on Taylor Walker. I've, I've expressed that thousands of times already, Hutchie. I have. But Do we want to talk about? I mean, not everyone I, reads, I, 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 I AFL.com. Yeah, well, they actually do. 
They actually do. I'm not. And they listen to the watch and listen to the Sunday Footy I'm Show, not. and they they certainly listen in droves on Triple M, aren't you? But the reason I'm saying that is, it's now we're almost out of time, and I'm always conscious of getting you out of here. This is a ten minute. Will he be back at Adelaide? Questionable. Do you think he should be allowed back? Yeah, he should be allowed back, but was whether he is back and whether he's able to come back into that into that footy club. Was the sanction fair enough? Uh, not heavy enough. What would you have done? Would have given it a bit more match component. There were six matches attached to it. I would have gone more than that. Okay. Second question. Yep. There's some criticism of Hamish McLaughlin's role on the Olympics. By whom? Because I, re- I tried to open an article that I saw before, and apparently it's unopenable. Opinion piece days. by Annette Sharp. What did you think? And I it was very, I, I get money going off the headlines. Um, I thought it very harsh. I, I thought he did an outstanding job, outstanding job in 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 what is a hard sell for a national broadcast situation when some states won't know him the way we do in in Victoria. I can't. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what more he could have done. How they how. Hamish and Abby could have done a better job than they did. Yeah, they were to cover an Olympics as the prime host from another country. Yep. and deal with everything going on in real time in a Melbourne set. I thought they were magnificent, both of them. Both I did of them, too. magnificent. And, and and we said this last week, actually. And I, I would rather say that Channel 7's coverage, in my eyes, was poor, but but it was outstanding. It I, was. It was, it was as good a two weeks as TV as you're going to get. I reckon. It and, was, and well done. It was absolutely fabulous. I'll tell you what. What it wasn't a great. Two weeks for those commentators that love to roam the world and go to events, <laughs> calling it menu. <laughs> yeah, those days are over. Hard sell that to the seven again. I think I, I was how, fortunate, how successful it went from a distance. I, I, in a previous life, I was fortunate enough to go and cover those types of games. You were, you were getting flown to Sheffield Shield game. <laughs> Someone thought that was a good use of an invoice. When it's just something I get five or six overseas trips from being a footy reporter, aren't you? <laughs> occasionally covering track and field at various events. It's like they all smashed it from a studio booth. Colbert was amazing. Bruce, magnificent. Tams and Lewis, how good. Tams and Lewis did a sensational yeah. job. And, and you either liked or didn't like Thorpey, but I was in the like camp. I just, I, he grew on me every single night. He got, he got better yep. too, didn't he? His delivery was good. So let me ask you this question. Yep. You've been banging on about football commentators not being a venue. Yeah. No, I'm still, it was a bad two weeks for you, wasn't I'm it? I'm still big on this though, Hutchie, because... Oh, so you think it affected uh, the Olympics particularly, coverage? Particularly with footy. Do you think it affected the Olympics coverage? I don't think it affected the Olympics coverage from an Australian perspective because of the success. But if it, if we had been, was there a time when you went? We're getting short change on the commentary here in two weeks. In two weeks, did yeah, you? Yeah, there was. Well, there was. Yeah, yeah, there a couple of times. If you want to be analytical, yeah. Well, Bruce McIverney, for for reasons I, I, I look, he might have explained since, just didn't address one of the biggest moments when Pat Tiernan couldn't complete until he fell over five times in the in the great the greatest track event in in some people's eyes, the ten thousand. You're writing Patrick Smith's tweets these days. No, what's he said? He's been on a rampage about this for, you know. I'm not, not even aware of that. But, oh. but he, okay, it's one of the great races. And, and this Aussie was in, was in the race with a lap and a half to go, which is extraordinary. And then he dropped off the picture. Those that watched the. I can tell you now, if Bruce was at the stadium, he wouldn't have missed it. Now, I, I don't know why he missed it. And Those I'm, who watched that full race back have a different view of events on that because that they? was a criticism from Patrick and a lot well, of people. I don't care what it. Patrick Smith says, Hutchie. I, I, I don't well, you're the only Patrick... person I know that's agreed with him. Oh, well. I thought at the time, I actually said was, it to... He was denounced. Well, I don't, why, why bring another person into it? I'm telling you. Well, because this has been the raging... Do you have Twitter? This has been the raging Twitter well, what's, debate What's your view on it? What's your view on it? My view is that the coverage was magnificent. Which I just said. Yeah. But you now are now saying that you don't need to be at the track or, or the stadium. You, you do to do it properly. Right. How good would it have been had there been Andrew Gaze on the court with Paddy Mills? 
I How good would that have been, Hutchie? And I've been to Olympic Games where Andrew Gaze has been on the court I think when the, they've fallen short. I think the coverage is better there. A lot than better. Not there, but yes. not by the space that you think it is. Well, it is with footy, Hutchie. You can't tell me that football... Uh, could, look, I think rugby league to a point because it's a, it's an enclosed space and the rectangular element of it, and it, it's a TV sport in my eyes, as my in my consumer eyes. But AFL, no. AFL, you need to have a, a view of the whole ground this if you was, want to do it full justice. This is coming from the same pesometer that said the Olympics won't go ahead, they shouldn't go ahead. Every time you lose an argument, you just go to another one. <laughs> so well, so what are we arguing now? Of all of the, I've addressed that issue last week. Of all you? the debates I got into with you over six years, I don't think there's been a six love, oh, six listen, love, six love this. hiding. Like, if there's been a bigger hiding on, on a side of an opinion than the Olympics going ahead versus not that I've given you in six seasons, please point it out to me because it was an absolute knockout punch. It was like it was like a it was like a slow and painful death for you that one. We didn't even discuss it at length. The pesometer was up. <laughs> First 15 minutes to see on the couch with Dean home going, here we go, these Olympics. Watch, there'll be a COVID case by the time they get out of the yeah, this won't work. And so, see, there's no one in the stands. So and by an hour in, you're singing Advanced Australia Fair and Waltzing Matilda. <laughs> I always knew this would be good. Anyway, so, that anyway, was the sounding board. No, before, well, welcome back to Australia, Aussie athletes, but you can't even go to the Royal Melbourne Show, which has been shut for the second year in a row. You can go to the Olympics and compete in the 100 metres, but you can't go to the Royal Melbourne Show. No, I agree with that. And just... Just on that to finish with, can I just say this? It's just anyway. You're going to say it anyway, so go for it. Get vaccinated if you're out there. Oh. Get vaccinated. Oh. It is not about <laughs> you. If you are for or against the concept of vaccinations, that is your opinion and your choice. Yep. But get vaccinated because it's not about your health. Are you fully done? Fully done. Yeah, someone. It's not about your health. It's about your role in making someone else sick. This is... This is don't make a selfish decision here. Make an I'm unselfish not, decision. You, you could lecture him on behalf of, uh, of our sounding board uh, listeners, Hutchie, but I, I'm not going down this path. I am. Go and get vaccinated. I, I would like there. them to, but I'm not going to uh, dare rant like you are right now. I'm urging. I, I hope they do, and I hope they listen to you, but this is I'm, not... This I'm, is joining, I'm joining everyone else in the community and saying, go and... Yeah, I'm just a, a bit over being told what to do, that's all. I'm sure there are people, but yeah. what I just encourage people to think about... Mm. Even if this helps why, one why person. Why don't you do this off the top? It helps one person. Is People think about vaccinations about them. How do I feel about me and my health and will Which is fair me. enough. Getting vaccinated is zero to do with you. If you get COVID, you're probably, you know, it, what, what will happen will happen. And, you know, chances are you might get COVID and be fine, you know, and get through. Chance, you might not. But it's actually not about your health. It's about... You're I, I, I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing. It's about everyone else you love it's and care a, about, and your your weird ability way to close the show. That's your all. ability to affect them. So think about it differently. If you're if you're sitting on the fence, here's one other opinion on top of the thousand you've already heard. Go and get vaccinated. And how many people do you think are going to jump over the their, their their own points of view with hearing you now? Probably none. But all you can do is clean up your own side of the street, and that is my view. And that was the end of episode 28 of series six of the sounding board. Craig Hutchie telling you what to do for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to DrinkWise. Thanks for listening to the sounding board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email the sounding board at sen.com.au. Follow the show on Twitter at sounding board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to DrinkWise. DrinkWise.